With me in studio right now is Don Stewart, the great Don Stewart. <laughs> this is great. This is your first time first in, time in this a studio. Great studio. I love the chairs. This is pretty cool. We got, we got these chairs. Yeah. We have Jerusalem behind us. And yeah, you got, and it's 97 outside. It's air conditioning. And what <laughs> it more is. do we want, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, so this is, this is fantastic having you here. Thank you. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, by the way, we were just talking about it a couple of minutes ago about going to Israel. So as soon as we can, Don's going with me. So this is going to be exciting. David Tal, yep. Don Stewart, Bob Probert, and myself, and a whole bunch of other That'd people. Uh, maybe even Ronnie Simone. That'd be wonderful. And, um, uh, so let's you and I get going because, yes. as usual, yes. there is a lot to talk about. Oh, wow. And, and I follow you. You know, that uh, your Facebook, your his channel. Um, you're on his channel right. uh, frequently uh, four days a week. Five days. You're on Friday now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been on Friday for about a year and a half. <laughs> that's okay, Tom. So, I didn't know you were on Friday no, also. I knew you were doing Monday through. Oh, that's right. I used to do Tuesdays on there. That's right. Um, Man, I forgot I even did that. You did too. You were great. I, it, it was fun. I've been doing with uh, Barry Stagner, yeah, filling in for Mike, and yeah. that, that's been a blast. It's been fabulous, by the way. It's been. We loved having you on. It, it, it's a lot of fun being on there. I know. Uh, I, I did tell the station owner, I said, I can't do it every day or every week, but I'll do it whenever I can. Great. But you're on his channel. What, what time for 10 to 11. everybody? 10 to 11 a.m.? You were on that time, remember? 10, 10 to 11 a.m. I, I was. I cannot, <laughs> I, remember. I barely remember being it's on It's in Anaheim, there. California. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's broadcast throughout the world. Hischannel.com. It, yeah. it, is, it is a live news it's a program. It's live in color. Yes, so live. anybody out there watching, uh, make sure, uh, listen, go for it. Greathischannel.com, amongst many other programs that are on there with Barry and Mike yeah. and sometimes myself and, yeah. and so forth. Okay, so let's get going. Um, Psalm 2. Yes. Says this. Right. I know you're, you probably have it memorized. You, you know it well. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? Uh, I looked up this plotting a vain thing. And it actually, uh, come, uh, from my understanding, it's talking about a conspiracy. Yes. And, you know, people say, well, you're conspiracy minded, all you prophecy people. But when I look at conspiracies in, in the Bible, when I looked them up, every time there was a conspiracy against the king, against God, or against God's people. And I'm looking, going, no, these are real. Noah was a conspiracy prophecy guy until yeah. the flood came. You know, so you look at this, you go, wait a minute, the people are plotting a conspiracy, they're raging. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. You know, I think of that, it appears to me that's what is happening now. Uh, leaders of the world, politicians, judges, city councils, mayors, uh, you go across not just the United States, but the entire globe. They are, they've got a conspiracy against God. Let us break their cords from us. But the one who sits in the heavens will laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He will speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet God says, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And I look at this and Don, we have so many different stories going on. And it appears to me, I want to start here because it appears to me everything that's developing is because people don't want God. Correct. And, and so we're, we're watching cities collapsing and right on down the list. Yeah, you know, Tom, if we would have done this at the beginning of the year in January when we were talking and we said, you know, when it comes August, we're going to have people want to defund the police. <laughs> we're going to have people that, you know, we're doing mm -hmm. the things they're doing, tearing apart cities, and no one seems to be complaining about that. And with the COVID-19, uh, we wouldn't be able to believe it, right? But you're right, it's a war against God. We've never seen it like this before. Mm -hmm. But it is something we can't even, it's hard to even comprehend. But it is a conspiracy. It's something in, in the sense that, yeah, they don't want to have God in their lives. We are called by the governor of our state regressives, not progressives, because we've regressed. We're Neanderthals because we believe in the mm -hmm. Bible. We believe truth and right and wrong. And so we're fighting a real battle here, a real spiritual mm -hmm. battle. So you mentioned regressives. So you know, I, I'm looking at things, it appears to me, because I want to get into Marxism a little sure. bit too, because uh, I, I kind of think we need to. We have to. Um, so we, you, you mentioned regressives, we're called that. The thought, what I gather from the Marxist movement that is really what's taking place here, is that society is bad but people are good. Well, 
God doesn't say that. The problem with society is that people are not good. We are sinners. So the thought is we're going to re- we're going to fix the world. De- defunding the police. Uh, New York City defunding sanitation. You look at these things like you you, you say is how you can't make this stuff up. No. No. So but we're watching these things happen. It's get rid of God, Psalm 2. And and we're going to fix society. No, we, we can't fix society. Man's going to make it worse. Yeah, it's like they want to get rid of all authority. Like again, in New York, they had 600, uh, 600 undercover cops. They got rid of every single one of them. The undercover cops would be all around the city of New York, sometimes driving rental cars. You think they're a tourist so they could catch crime taking place. Now they're gone. So now it's just the blue and white. If they don't see a blue and white, it's criminal heaven. We got stories. That, the number of crimes that are being committed in NYC, the people are starting to leave there. It's, it's literally mind-boggling, Tom, the number of murders. They've got enough, enough murders right now, that more than last year, right at this time in New York City. And yet, they want to defund the police. They want to, uh, you know, again, it's the authority idea because it's God's authority. God has set law, law and order. Remember, two of the signs of the end are lawlessness and violence is what we're seeing. Yeah. The, as it was in the days of Noah, yep. it was very violent. Genesis chapter six talks yep. about that. Yep. Um, and also, I think there's a passage in the book of Ecclesiastes that mentions that if the judgment isn't uh, ex- uh, isn't uh, dished out expediently, yep. that lawlessness lawlessness yep. isn't the same word that's used there, but the people will continue in their yep. evil activity because there there isn't judgment coming to them. No. No. No, and you know, you've got like the city of Seattle wants to defund the police. In fact, the uh, police chief basically told the people there, you're on your own because now we can't use tear gas, we can't use pepper spray. And so if they want to loot and riot, you know, we can't use lethal force or deadly force. You guys are on your own, your citizens are your business because there's nothing else to contain a crowd. You know, pepper spray, tear gas would contain a crowd, dis- you know, disperse them. But if, they're, if that's outlawed, the only other course you have is either Billy Club beating them up, which is not going to do that, or shoot somebody, and you can't do that. So uh, basically, they told the business owners, I'm sorry, but you know, uh, you're on your own protecting your own business. Yeah. Now, where do you think the bad guys are going to come, Tom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to come to places like that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland. What could possibly go wrong? Well, we're seeing it. Yeah. Well, what could possibly go wrong when you defund the police? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading, uh, it was uh, Los Angeles County uh, School Board yeah. on uh, on their demands before they will reopen yep. school. None of them, not one of their <laughs> demands had anything to do with COVID-19. No, no. It was defund the police. It just went right on down exactly. this list of lawless things. And I'm thinking, I thought it was about COVID-19. This, all these things are evidence there's something very nefarious going on here. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. I live in LA County, so we have to put up with that. You know, we had a couple of days of curfew when they had the riots there. Uh, you're supposed to wear a mask everywhere you're outdoors now. And it's just, you know, it's just the whole draconian laws they're putting on us, Tom, as you know and I know, to control us. They want to see how far they can go and push us where we'll say, yes, we'll, you know, like bow to Nebuchadnezzar's figure there, the golden image. But, you know, there comes a time we say, I'm sorry, enough's enough. And particularly like with the churches, and thank God you're doing it here at 412, say, we're opened up, I'm sorry, we're going to preach the gospel because that's what we're called to do. Yeah. So um, you're close with uh, Rob McCoy's oh, situation. Yeah. Uh, you and Tim have been working with that, and and, and uh, so Rob McCoy is in Ventura, right? And uh, across the country, you probably heard about that. There was a, a judgment issued against Rob McCoy's church. Part of the judgment says his church was a nuisance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, okay, I mean, how does? I mean, imagine standing before God that day, yeah. with when you're answering for shutting down the church or attempting to shut down the church because they were a nuisance. Yeah, yeah, they had a emergency restraining order against them. They've been doing this for months. They've been back in service. What's the emergency there? And they got before a judge and the judge, you know, allowed it, uh, you know, said, you you know, you're not going to be able to uh, meet now. You got to close the doors. And Rob said, with all due respect, we're not going to do it, you know, because first of all, we haven't had one person in the entire congregation has got COVID-19, not one. And so they, from what I understand, the services took place today. It was peaceful and many people showed up. I had people on my Facebook page said, I'm going to you know, come from all over the country, but I'd fly from Pennsylvania to come back. Mm-hmm. And someone from Houston said, well, take me too. Pick me up on the way because people wanted to be there to support the idea, Tom, because this is the first time they're telling a church to shut the doors, uh, you know, uh, on an emergency, mm-hmm. you know, emergency restraining order. Uh, mm-hmm. As though we're a danger to the public, 
no, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, of course, we had the thing in Nevada just recently mm -hmm. where the one church there, you know, um, you know, f out in the middle of nowhere, just wanted you know, more than 50 people. They said no, where they've got the casinos, the bowling alleys, everything else with tons of people, but not a church, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, uh, John MacArthur's church. Oh, that was great. It, yeah, yeah you look at this and, and I appreciate what John had to too. say and the stand that he is taking. Because, I, Don, I think, and you, 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 you go around and speak at churches yep. that allow you to, <laughs> that are open. Yep. Um, but I, I get the impression that if churches would open, we wouldn't be going through this stuff. No. If they would just say, no, we've had enough. But we're not seeing that. Slowly they're opening. You know, I think we're watching some more and more slowly open. But still, it, it's like you look, you go, they, they just gave up the fight. Yeah, because they opened it for a while, but then they, they don't close it back up. Yeah. First of all, you couldn't sing, then now you can't do anything, you can't meet inside a building. And you're right, a lot of people are giving up the fight. And what's interesting, it's, you know, this is a time, Tom, a time to take a stand. Jack Hibbs asked a great question a couple of weeks ago. I wish I would have thought of it. He said to some of these pastors, you know, you can't know, but if you do Christ for coming back in three weeks, would you open up your church then? Well, of course. That's a great question. Well, how do you know is it? I mean, yeah, that is a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. I wish I thought of that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to text, I'm gonna text him and tell yeah, him, yeah, text. just, that, <laughs> you just great. took that question from me. Yeah, no. yeah. That's, but, but that's true, because we don't know what he's coming. As though, as the urgency somehow lost, you know, I did a story about two weeks ago, I didn't realize this, the churches in China, they allow, I don't know if you saw this story, to, to function. They have a camera on the pulpit scanning everybody that comes in the audience. So they have them in the database. Everybody that goes there to the church, they know they're being scanned, they know they're in the database, they go anyway, because they, they want to serve mm -hmm. the Lord. Although the persecution is going to be there, the social credit system is going to be, put them on the downside. Mm -hmm. But they're not, because they're, they're, they're standing up for the gospel of Christ. Well, how much less can we do here? I mean, come on, this is the, we're still not communist China yet, but yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's stand up and make a, make a stand yeah. here. Absolutely, well, I, I remember, I can go back a, a couple of years with you. Uh, we, were, we were talking about the social credit system. Right. And how this type of thing that's going on in China is gonna uh, come into the rest of the world. Totally. And we, in a sense, in a very real sense, we were watching it. So it's, listen, if we go back to December and we said people were gonna be, like you, you open up with, people are gonna be wearing a mask. No, they're not. <laughs> no. no, they're not. They're not gonna close their churches. There's no way we yep. will ever close exactly. the church, right? And, and so you look at China, okay, they've got a camera, like you just said. So scanning everybody there. To think now that won't happen in America, <clears throat> I can see it coming next week. It's gonna happen. People can go to church, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as they know they're being photographed. I could easily see it happening next week. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. so these things are going to continue to increase. <clears throat> well, they did that, did they? It was, a, it was either Kentucky or Mississippi when they started, you know, these people wanted to have, everything was closed, wanted to meet outdoors in their cars, and they were broadcasting. Mm -hmm. They said you couldn't even do that. Mm -hmm. So they took the license plates of the yeah. people's cars, and they said, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. This ain't communist China yet, you know, um, sorry. But they're, yeah. It is rapidly getting there. Of course it is. Uh, you know, uh, and we're both in California, which <laughs> yeah. has its problems. But these things are affecting all kinds of states that are out there. And you think, well, where am I going to go where I don't have these things? I look <laughs> at it and go, I don't know where you're going to go. Because ultimately what we do see is there's a kingdom that's coming. Yeah. And do you think, do you see everything approaching that kingdom of Antichrist? Oh, big time. Faster <clears throat> than we can even imagine. It's really ramped up, particularly because of the COVID-19 on March 26th with Gordon Brown, the former prime minister of the UK, that said what we need now is just a small group of people mm -hmm. to run the world. We need to, to answer mm -hmm. the medical problems, the political problems, economic problems, simply because, you know, everybody's doing their different thing. We're not working together. We need, like, we need just a committee. They didn't say how, who's going to form mm -hmm. it, who's going to be on it. But we basically need a committee, a small group, that so everybody's on the same plane here. Then Antonio Gutierrez, the 70th anniversary of the UN, said pretty much the same thing. You know, we need a mm -hmm. like global government. This populism stuff doesn't work. We need a global government. Of course, they confer power on themselves. They're going to be the government. Aren't oh, they? yeah. But uh, yeah, that's where we're going. It, it is going that way. Was, but speaking of this, it, it, uh, Damon Duck wrote this uh, just the other day. Mm -hmm. He, he uh, said on July 18th, 
um, concerning the New World Order and government. He talked about uh, Guterres, right. UN Secretary. And he said, today in demonstrations for racial equality. So this is a different quote than, than that one right. that we both saw about the global government. Today in demonstrations for racial equality, uh, Damon Duck writes, I call it rioting and looting in Portland. Uh, they recently burned a Bible and the U.S. flag there. Uh, anyways, he goes on. Today in demonstrations for racial equality and campaigns against hate speech and the struggles of people claiming their rights and standing up for future generations, we see the beginnings of a new movement. He was talking about a movement to bring in more fair globalization, mm -hmm. uh, which means a more fair world government that takes into account the rights of future generations as well as the rights of those that are living today. Globalists believe we need a world government to reduce the population of the earth, <laughs> prevent the depletion of the world's resources, stop war, control global warming and more. Of course, they intend to be the people, <laughs> here's what you <laughs> yeah, said, yeah. that decide who lives or who dies, <laughs> who can buy food and who can't, who we worship and who we cannot worship, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is what you just said. Yeah, exactly, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and also, you wanna laugh at what the guy said. Uh, since 1960, I think 67, 69, there've been 43 times when the experts of the world said we only got five years, we only got 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, population bomb, the hunger bomb, we're gonna, you know, the, the sea levels are gonna rise, you know, and then they're gonna drown some islands out. No, we're gonna have a global cooling time. And they, they, they knew everything, so they gave a time frame. Every single one's been wrong. Mm -hmm. Nobody's got it right yet. And so the idea, and again, it's the same old mantra, we've gotta keep the world from destroying itself, we've gotta thin out the population, and we're the ones that are gonna determine. So somebody's gonna make the call, we're the smartest people in the room, we're gonna do it. And uh, we're moving towards that. Now we know in Revelation chapter 13, it's gonna happen, but only two people controlling the world, right? Mm -hmm. Final Antichrist and his cohort, the false prophet. So there will be a global type government at the time of the end. And it's a government, of course, like you read in Psalm 2, fighting against the Lord. And I love it where the Lord, he looks at you know human gathered again, together against him. He holds him in derision, he laughs. I mean, you gotta be kidding me, yeah. is basically what he's saying. So it, it, you kind of see a little bit of that now with yep. the holding and derision and yep. the laughing, uh, Romans chapter one, yep. professing to be wise, yep. uh, display them to be fools. Totally. So, but you, you look at these cities yeah. and you look, you go, they're just, they're, they're, they're ruining themselves. I look at, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this to offend people out there. I've been a big football fan for, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 60 years old for a long time, but I'm watching the NFL just self-destruct. I'm watching the NBA self-destruct, and I'm thinking there's there's something almost um, I I don't know. It's like the new spectator sport for the fall is going to be watching the destruction of these sports. And the the way that it's happening, you you got to wonder. God is just letting people make their own decisions that are destroying things. Yeah, yeah. Think about this again. If someone would have told us at the beginning of the year that Major League Baseball is gonna have stenciled on its mound the letters Black Lives Matter. That pro football will play the Black National Anthem, which everybody will stand for, but then the regular National Anthem where people will take a knee. Then you get, you know, the first thing, you guys are all racist. This one, they go in the end zone, you'll have a little sign there that says end racism. Right there, you guys racist in that. Then of course, pro basketball on the floorboards, you've got their Black Lives Matter and they're wearing their jerseys there and that. So what they've done effectively, Tom, is destroy the three major sports in America, Major League Baseball, uh, NBA basketball, pro football's coming. And they're not, you know, and this is something people are not gonna sit there and watch when they have to be reminded of, you know, an organization, Black Lives Matter, which is not a civil rights organization. It's a Marxist organization, anti-God, uh, communist, Karl Marx said religion is the opiate of the masses. They want to redo this country totally. So basically, America's pastime baseball has a stencil on its mound saying America's pastime, no, we gotta have a new America here. I'm sorry, people aren't gonna put up with that. I'm never yeah. watching any of the three again, yeah. and I'm a huge fan of all three of them, but that's yeah. I'm done. I know you've been a fan for a long time, as long as I've known you. Yeah, forever. I, I look, I, I, I have no intention to ever watch any of them. I don't Me wanna too. see them on my TV. No. I don't wanna hear no. about no. them. I look at this, and I think, uh, I was telling a friend the other day, I said, you know, imagine a guy who worked in the grocery business. He's, he's 50 years old. And he struggled to make a living. He did his best. He made fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year. Worked hard for his family. Saves up money every year. Takes his family a baseball game or football game or something like that. He has been okay 
for decades with the guys on the field making millions of dollars. Yeah. He was okay with it. He understood, I love America, and, I, and, and this is great. I'm glad, I, I'm glad they're making that much. I'm okay with that. I've got a family and all these things. Now he goes, and he's thinking, I'm, I've struggled, and now I have to tell them how much they, I have to listen to them tell my family how much they hate America. Yeah. They're getting $50 million a year. I struggled my whole life, but I cared before. I ain't gonna do this anymore. And I think that is what this is gonna come to. Yeah, uh, no one wants to go to a baseball game, basketball game, or football game and get preached at by people you know who have no clue with what's going on, none whatsoever. And so, yeah, they, they're destroying they're destroying uh, you know pro sports here in America, and it's very very sad. But they decided to do it. Yeah, it is. And I also look at it like this, Don. Uh, the first commandment: You shall have no other gods yeah. before me. And I look at we have a lot of idols in America. We oh, never called them idols. We right. we did. Yeah. You know, some of us preachers did, but. They're idols, and they did replace God. They did. Uh, you look at so many things that happen on Sundays, uh, so many events that happen on Sundays, but not just that, just the, in a sense, real worship of these human beings, um, whether it be in, in Hollywood or sports or whatever, we've had idol worship. We've elected people to office. Uh, you look at Saul in the Old Testament. Uh, the people wanted a king. They didn't want God ruling over them. Okay, if I give you this kind of king, he's going to be basically just like you. And this is what's <laughs> going to happen. That's what we have. Yep. So we've worshipped these things, and God seems to be tearing down the idols of America. Yeah, he is. And America, remember, Tom, we're not on last day's Bible prophecy. It seems what's going to happen, one of two things, either China's going to take us out, or like Rome, we're going to fall apart from the inside. We're going to self-destruct. We're, we're on the course right now of self-destructing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that are taking place right now are literally mind-boggling, where you have people who want to work, willing to work, can work, are told they can't work, their job's not essential. We're told we're trying to you know, keep you know, social distancing, sheltering in place, because if not, we're going to kill one another here, where the death rate is something like 0.03% of, you know, from COVID-19. Oh, first of all, the Chinese Communist Party coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Let's get the name right. And uh, you know, that's, that's the total numbers. And that's what Rob McCoy was saying. He said, look, Ventura County's got like one in a thousand people that are something like that dying. from. They got a very low number there. And he said, what, it was 70%, 80% of them are 65 and older that at least got two you know, problems now that are continuous problems, you know, that, are, that are, have been there. And so there's a certain demographic that does need to worry, and that's older people that have got, you know, complications with hypertension, respiratory mm -hmm. system, heart problems, this or that. You know, they're susceptible. Mm -hmm. But they're susceptible at that age pretty much anything, yeah. right? Yeah. And they die from that. And yet we are told we have to kill the economy, destroy everything, destroy people's lives, their jobs, this and that. Like I was telling you a story before, I'm in the UK. There's a story today. Uh, they've said for every three people that have died in the UK, Two others have died by not being able to get to the hospital because the hospital's been filled with all the people there and many times needlessly filled with the people there. And so it's, uh, they're having to be able to take care of the, uh, the needs that yeah. are there. It's, just, it's, it's truly mind-boggling yeah. to look at how these decisions are made to, to shut down everything. Yep. But I do think it's a, a very dark, sinister plan that's behind all of this. Totally. At the same time, God is sovereign. And God is allowing it. Yep. And yep. part of me thinks that God is 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 uh, working on the church at the same time. And he, I think he's sifting out churchgoers. Um, America is yep. my assessment. You know, and some people get mad at me for this. But that's all right. I've gotten a lot of people mad at me lately. <laughs> but it, uh, American church became about um, very shallow. Yeah. Um, stopped teaching real good doctrine a long time ago. And you started going to church based on uh, what the people wanted to hear. Uh, but, but Paul wrote about that, that the people would be raising up uh, teachers for themselves that would be itching yep. their ears. Yep, exactly. So that's what's happened. And so the church became shallow, so we would get ten, uh, uh, sermons, uh, a 10-week series of sermons on how to be happy. Yep. You know, where was the gospel? And you look and you go... You, you look at the church now, it's not a real wonder why a lot of churches just don't want to be open or, and really don't have any uh, intent to be open or, or lots of other things. You know, I understand yeah. some people are legitimately, uh, have legitimate fears. Sure. But I look overall and it looks to me like God is sifting the church. Yeah, you know, you look now, Tom, what we've seen 
is record numbers of people watching this program, right? You're reaching so many people a lot more than you ever thought you would, right? Simply because we've got a crisis going on. And when a crisis happens, people are going to look for answers. The good news is the book's got the answers. We're proclaiming the gospel of Christ. We're not surprised by many of these things. The scripture has predicted them. And so what's interesting, they want to find, you know, a place where there's answers. So it's like sifting the, you know, wheat from the mm -hmm. chaff in one sense. And praise God for churches like yours, Jack Hibbs, Barry Stagner, James Cadiz, and others that are keeping the doors open, Jeff Johnson, they're Dowdy. You know, look, we're gonna open the door, we're gonna people come in. You know, this, this, is, this is our calling, this is the gospel. And so we're gonna, and Rob yeah. McCoy, thank, bless his heart. We need to do that, we, yeah. need to, we need to boldly proclaim because they're trying to see how much they can get away with with us, how much mm -hmm. they can hurt us into a corner. Because that, again, that's where the future is going, as we know from Daniel chapter two, uh, the final you know, re revival of the Roman Empire, iron mixed with clay, something that doesn't adhere. The leadership wants one thing, the people want something else but the leadership gets the last call. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, it's, it's, it, we, we live in amazing days. We do. Sometimes they're a little bit challenging, but prophets wrote about these days. Yep. You know, Daniel tried to understand these days. Didn't get it. And the angel told Daniel, that's not for you to understand. It is for those who, who live at the time of the end. And, and I'm looking going, it's just incredible. Okay, you mentioned China. Yes. And I've had this position in my mind for a long time and so many people of Bible uh, prophecy teachers specifically have disagreed with me on it but I don't believe that you see America or China as the big boys it, in the last days in fact I believe they're essentially missing from the last days uh, passages in the Bible exactly it, so, uh, yeah, can you, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I have, I have so many different thoughts about that, but I want, I want to hear your take on yeah, it. Yeah, here's what's interesting. When you look at the scenario of the last days, I kind of look at it this way. Where is everybody going to end up at the time when, like say, the Ezekiel 38, 39 invasion? We know a couple of things. There's no superpower in the world who, is, who will or can, you know, come into the help of Israel at this particular time. That means the United States is either not there or not able to be there, and we're pulling out of there. We're pulling our troops out of Europe, we're pulling mm -hmm. out troops, and the re there's a purpose, a reason, because we have to be in the Pacific, because China's our big enemy, as Ted Cruz says, for this century, yeah. it's China. So I can see now, because once this, you know, um, I don't want to say gets over, but once we settle down somewhat to the, co November 4th, miraculously, probably the COVID-19 <laughs> stuff will be all, all forgotten in that, but um, assuming, uh, that President Trump gets reelected, and uh, I believe very soon thereafter, there will be China. China's already, uh, mm -hmm. you know, going to have hell to pay in the sense TikTok. You know, he says, "Okay, sorry, that app not going to mm -hmm. have it anymore." They got like 45 days to sell it. He's making some very, you know, the uh, what he said the other day, uh, the supply route. No longer we're going to get our drugs from China. We're going to do them here in the USA, and he's told the manufacturing mm -hmm. people that. And so, in other words, we're going to be self-contained. And so, you know, China didn't want that. China's done this Belt and Road policy, like the old Silk Road, where it wants to control the world. They were doing really well at it, too, until, you know, Donald Trump says, no, no, <laughs> uh, first of all, the trade deal. Sorry, you guys have been ripping us off. It's all in your favor. We're not gonna, he's a businessman. Look, mm -hmm. I look at, we're not going to do this. And China hates that sort of thing. Yeah. And so what we're seeing is these two countries at each other, two major superpowers going at each other. And it could be a couple things, Tom. It could be economically taking each other out, or we're so, both countries are so busy in this part of the world where they're not players that, or, you know, God forbid, there's the destruction of one or both of the countries too. We just don't know, mm -hmm. but we are not players in the last <coughs> days. But China is the country, uh, communist China, let's make that clear. 100 million Christians in communist China. God bless those brothers and That's sisters. That's a lot. And some of them are watching right now, by the way, too. Yeah. That here's the thing, that, uh, China has to be dealt with, and um, we, somehow it's going to be. But we're not the, the whole uh, time of the end. It's Israel, Western Europe, you know, and then Russia, and and that. And that's those are the players. And I'm sorry, the rest of the world, China, we're not in it. No, the Americans. So the kings of the east, Revelation chapter yeah. 16. Anything east of the Euphrates, I mean, yeah, east from Israel. From that perspective, mm -hmm. we we have yeah. to remember. I remember in Israel, I, I learned. I didn't know this. It was Ronnie Simone was uh, telling us this. Why is this called the Middle East? It's because of the Brits. The Brits thought they were the center of the universe. Israel's the Middle East, then China and India are the Far East. East. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, it is funny. And so, but, you know, the, the, is this the from east from Israel? And you go the east, that, yeah. you know, you've got Babylon, you've got a lot of countries that come yeah. from east from Israel. It doesn't have to be China, India, or Japan yeah. that far, that's that further east. So, and uh, again, it looks like, like I said, 
this cradle of civilization was in that area of the world. Isn't it apropos, Tom, at the time of the yeah. end? Uh, again, the Ezekiel 38, 39 nations are all mentioned in, in Genesis chapter 10 as the one who originally rebelled against God at the mm -hmm. Tower of Babel. Nothing new under the sun, right? What goes mm -hmm. around comes around. Yeah. Same ones at the end will attack Israel in the last days. Yeah, it is interesting. What goes around comes around, the same at the end. When you look at, on a map now, you look at Judea and Samaria, right. and you, you go back uh, today, you have the West Bank, yep. right? Which is very problematic for Israel. Those are the areas that, that had so much spiritual compromise yes. back in ancient Judah and ancient Israel to the point where Dan relocated to the north. Yep. And where's the problems coming from the north? You look at Gaza. That's where the Philistines were. You look at the areas that Israel was unfaithful in the past to this day. 2,000 and 3,000 years later, it's the exact same spot. These things are just incredible when you when you start to think about them. God is making; He's gonna He's He's gonna have everything work out. He's gonna fix the whole thing. You guys messed up. You're not getting off the hook. It's like a dad yeah. says, "No, we're going back. You're gonna deal with this problem. You didn't deal with it before." Same people, the same territories. You know that's that's a great point. You said it's something that should be developed too, because Israel, you know, the geography that's there when you go to certain places. There's a history there. Like you said, Dan, in the northern part was the, where this temple was built, you know, that Jeroboam built the temple. The ruins are still there. And that uh, Caesarea Philippi, where all the gods of the ancient mm -hmm. world there, where Jesus took, with no Jews there, the disciples out of their way. Well, who do people say that I am, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, in this pagan background with statues of all the ancient gods. And then who do you say that I am? And it's interesting how these areas, again, they've never, they've always been fighting against you know, Jerusalem yeah. is God's city where it's got his name, Southern Kingdom Judah, had good kings, Northern Kingdom of Israel when they split, they're all bad, you know. And so, like, literally nothing new under the sun, is there? Nothing, <laughs> nothing new under the sun. By the way, you mentioned uh, uh, the temple up there at Tel Dan. Yeah. And, uh, and the uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi, Correct. who do you say that I am, those right. questions, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Listen, as we said, Don's going to Israel with me, or I'm going with him. But, we're, we're going but, together. But it's going to happen. Yeah. In fact, we have a trip in October of 2021. Uh, if, if you're thinking about going on, you, on the hopeforourtimes.com uh, website, you can, you can check out that information. There. It's going to be a fantastic trip. David Tao, Bob Probert, and maybe Ronnie Simone. Be great if Ronnie Now, now this too. is if we're not raptured. So for all yep. you people out there that are mad at me planning the year <laughs> ahead, listen, I buy my groceries ahead of time too. I don't, you know, and we always got a plan because we don't know the day or the hour. No. We don't know when we're going to get raptured. But hey, if you want to go, hopeforourtimes.com, that website. Also for um, Charlie Kirk tickets, if they're on that website. Don, uh, educating our world, I have several more questions sure. to ask. And I keep getting messages of all kinds of questions coming in. But educating our world, okay. people can get your information. Okay, let me look at the camera. <coughs> EducatingOurWorld.com is the website of our ministry. And we do something unique there. You go to EducatingOurWorld.com and you little see a button that says download books. What I have on the site are right now 59 books, four others in process, where you can download them all for free. If you print all the books out, it'll take about 13,000 pages worth. We answer about 2,000 questions on 11 different subjects, the Bible, God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, last days. All of those are there. They're free. This is part of our ministry. And we just found out recently from James Cadiz, who helped put it together. We've had over a million hits on the site just in the a last million. few months. Yeah, mm -hmm. A people, million. A million. People are downloading. We want you to, <coughs> so please shamelessly promote it. We want people to do it because this yeah. is the ministry we have. Yeah. It's free. These free. downloads are incredible. Mm -hmm. I free. send people there all the time Good. now because I get a lot of questions. And I say, hey, here's the short answer. You want more? Go to Educate in Our World with Don Stewart. And I did get some questions about, about a lot of things. I want to get through my questions first. Okay. There are so many coming in. You have in. to invite me okay. back sometime. Well, I, well of course. That's, that's, for me, that's a no-brainer. Um, okay, Lebanon, yep. massive explosion mm. this past week. We didn't even talk about that yet. But I, I, I want to uh, read through this part. Sure. And then... I want you to package this for, for all of our uh, viewers. On July 22, Israel appropriated $960 million to boost Israel's defenses on its northern border with Syria and Lebanon. Tensions are rising. The Israeli military believes Israel needs more infantry and equipment on its northern border right away. Um, on July 27, uh, three to four members of Hezbollah Across Israel's border with Lebanon, traveled several meters inside Israeli territory. There was an exchange of fire that lasted for a little while. 
Hezbollah denies the attack, of course, said they will, of course, they're an uh, Iranian proxy, uh, said they will attack in the future. No Israelis were hurt. The IDF was on high alert. Israel's built up her forces along the border. So all that's going on. And then we have this massive explosion in Beirut. Help everybody to understand these, some of these things. Yeah, and you, you, you put it together right, because right before the explosion, there was this border crossing. There was a high tension there. They were bringing... Israelis were bringing uh, more munitions up or more up to the border, some of the, you know, the elite troops up there because they thought there might be. They had some intelligence. There was going to be an infiltration there, like within a 48-hour period. Then boom, 2,750 tons. That was the explosives there in that building in Beirut. One-fifth, and talk about the irony there, it is one-fifth the size of the uh, dropping of the first bomb at Hiroshima where we just had the 70th, 75th anniversary of Hiroshima that just this last week. And what it did, and it's real interesting because there's a, a thread I did in a story the other day uh, from uh, uh, Citizen Free Press and they, from some other, um, I can't remember the name of the app, but anyway, bottom line is this. They said it looks very much, and they don't know who did it. They think it said it's an accident. It looks like a controlled explosion because uh, the idea was there, not only were there was ammonium nitrate there, there were Iranian weapons there. As one person said, there may have been Iranian weapons there in, in Beirut. They're not now there because they, they blew up, right? But you've got, all, you've got something like 300,000 people now homeless there in Beirut because they're living together uh, in that area. But it's really fascinating, Tom, because what it's done, like even today, there's more, they're calling for the heads of all the government there, throwing people in jail, because for six years that stuff's been sitting there. Mm -hmm. And they've known about it, and they've haggled back and forth what to do with it. And the idea that some welder has some spark from his welding, it caused yeah. all this, I'm sorry, it's a little hard yeah. to believe, isn't it? Especially with the timing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not believing, I, I, first of all, if it's on CNN, I know it's, I don't believe it, right? Or, yeah. So whatever the talking point is that is coming to yeah. the public is very hard to believe. Yeah. You know, I've watched it. I've rewatched it. Probably many people oh, yeah. have watched it and watched it and rewatched it. It does not look, to me, it doesn't look accidental. No. I'm not an expert. No. Um, and uh, it blew up. Now, Hezbollah makes it makes they make it very clear. They want to eliminate Tel Aviv. Of course. And so you look at this and you go, man, there's strange things. When I look at it, though, to me, it doesn't look like a typical Israeli hit because the footprint's so large. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Israel's much more targeted. They don't, they don't have mass civilian casualties no, when they do no. things. They're very careful because the U.N. and the world's going to blame them for everything. So I look at it and go, man, it, 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 that was something. Yeah, who was behind it? Probably never know, but you know there are groups in Lebanon that want Hezbollah out, and mm -hmm. you know they could have been the ones that uh, did. It. We may never, <coughs> excuse me, we may never know, but it, it was a horrific explosion. And like you said, you could see it like it. It, all, it did look like a controlled explosion. Got first a smaller one, then boom. I mean, when you saw the first oh. time you saw that video, I mean, talk about yeah. mind boggle, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, when you see the the massiveness yeah. of it. Okay, Israel is ultimately the key to Bible prophecy. And as you mentioned, everything's going to go out there from there from the Mideast. Correct. We have Europe's going to be involved, uh, Turkey, Iran, Russia, uh, which we know, we can also tell by geography, you're going to have Lebanon and Syria because yep. yep. they're just at the north of there. But there's, there's, you know, so you start packaging everything. On July 19th, a little bit, little bit more of the details of other things going on. Israel, Italy, Greece, and Cyprus yep. mm -hmm. agreed to lay a mostly underwater 1,242-mile gas pipeline mm -hmm. from Israel's oil fields in the Mediterranean to Europe. Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and others are opposed to this pipeline because Israel will get a substantial amount of their gas uh, um, business. Israel will have more uh, silver and gold cattle and goods in the latter years, in the latter days, just like the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel. The U.S. supports the pipeline because it will make the EU less dependent mm -hmm. upon Russia right. for natural gas. Mm -hmm. The pipeline is expected to be completed in 2025. Is this just a coincidence or does this somehow connect with the Bible? No, this is huge because one of the things that's going on right now is a country you mentioned, Turkey. Because remember, <clears throat> according to Bible prophecy, these nations are going to invade Israel. One of them is Libya. 
Libya cannot now put an army together to invade Israel because they're, you know, they've got the countries basically split, the, the eastern parts controlled by this one general, the western part by this United Nations government since 2011. Uh, Erdogan makes agreement now with the government that be, the going there, it's been around since 2011, and basically the rights in the Mediterranean, they want to claim everything there everything for them, Turkey. So we've got an adventurism here with Erdogan. He's, you know, he wants to be yeah. the Muslim leader of the world. And so there's been problems there, of course, the tr uh, traditional ones of Turkey and Greece, but also there was Cyprus. So it's really interesting now, Tom, that they're, you know, they're, pl they're, they're playing in this area. But what's fascinating to me, that, uh, what you can't make up, uh, sooner or later, Libya has to join with these other nations, you know, to be able to put an army together and invade Israel. And the two nations really at the forefront that are fighting for control are Russia and Turkey. So at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They probably do something together. But you see all this, but yeah, you've got this, this, this really rich area, the Leviathan fields there, natural gas there in the Middle East. And uh, Turkey wants it, and they try to claim the right to it. And so it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens. It is fascinating, especially with what the Bible, <laughs> with what the Bible says. Okay, yep. now this is interesting. That's all I'm saying about this last part. Okay. Because I think you're going to agree with me when we get to the end of it. But on July 22, this all the last, you know, within the last couple of weeks, an Israeli rabbi said a world government will rule the world for nine months. Um, he called uh, this world government the New World Order. He said the Messiah will reveal himself on Yom Kippur in 2021, that's September of 2021. Did you read this? Yeah. Okay. He said Messiah will disappear, then reappear, Yom Kippur 2022, October next year. He said Moses received the Torah in the desert, will receive the Messiah in the desert. He said Messiah will make his second coming between Yom Kippur 22 and 23. <laughs> and he said, uh, um, so, you, you know, you look at this, I agree with this author who wrote this, no one knows the day or the hour uh, when the Messiah will appear, so this is false teaching, so um, I will ignore it. Um, and, but I look at it, and I, this is what I find fascinating about it, is that there are many people that are looking for a Messiah right now. Yes. And that's what gravitates me toward this. So this rabbi says this, there's a lot of mysticism in Israel that I guess if you aren't really reading certain things over there, sometimes evangelical Christians fall into the trap, well, if it came from Israel, it must be from God. Yeah. That's, not, that's not always true. <laughs> no, no. There's a whole lot of mysticism. You have uh, uh, these different teachings that are over there, but people are looking for a Messiah. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of an anyone but Trump situation yeah. that we have in America, and we have Guterres at the UN saying we're looking for that global leader. You start looking at these things, people are really wanting that, aren't they? Yeah, and what's interesting, what you read, what he said, he's going to come out, come from the desert. Remember yeah. Jesus said, that they yes, say he's he, coming from the desert, don't believe him? <laughs> yes, Jesus did say that. If anyone, that yeah. is fascinating. It is fascinating, yeah. So we'll see, you never know. You know, But every year or two, you've got somebody predicting something like this. Sooner or later, they're going to be right if they predict it every year, right, Tom? But uh, it is interesting, but yeah. there is a, I, you know, I think there's a groundswell there because as we're getting close to the time of the end, people are knowing something's going on. Mm -hmm. More and more, is, you, people are making Aliyah, coming back to Israel mm -hmm. because of the persecution around the world. More and more Jews, Israelis, come back to their own country on their own, like record numbers, simply because it's the only place in the world they can really feel safe at. And because of that, you know, um, as we know, as it gets to the time of the end, there's going to be this spiritual battles are going to increase, just like when Jesus came, you know, the demonic activity never saw before. But people are going to get the feeling something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on, and it certainly is right now. Yeah. Uh, that is the implication you get uh, from various parts in the Bible, yep. that the world will sense something's not yeah, right, yeah. which they are right now. Yeah. You know, even in Daniel chapter 12, I quoted it this morning, where Daniel is told by the angel, uh, you're not going to understand, yeah. but in that day, the wicked will see it and they won't understand, Never but the it. wise will see it and they will understand. So the thought behind it is both those who know the Lord and those who don't are going to know something's wrong. But those who don't want to know the Lord, they're going to willfully ignore it and just continue down their sinful path. But the people who are, who, who are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know the Bible's got to speak something. They're searching to and fro. Yep. In fact, it's the same passage yeah, exactly. where the people are searching to and fro. Yeah. Um, and, and so I look at it and I think that seems to be what's happening. People are looking for a Messiah. They know something's wrong. Uh, some will, they'll recognize the real Messiah. 
Yeah. Uh, but man, everything is going is winding. It's going there so fast. Yeah, it really is. And you you made a great point there because there'll be an issue where people are trying to find the answers. But Daniel 12, 9 and 10 says only the wise will understand because it's been laid out to us in the Word of God, Tom. We can understand it because God's told us what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. He's given us the outline. The wicked will see the same problems. They won't get it because they're not turning to the Bible. And so they're going to look at the world. They're going to have the same facts. But we've got how to you know, yeah. understand the facts in God's Word. Yeah, people, uh, uh, um, Peter says uh, the people will be willfully ignorant. Willfully, I love and, that, yeah, and, willfully ignorant. And that is, so we all look at the same facts, yep. but we choose how we're going to process them. And I, I'm going to process them biblically. Yeah, and remember what Paul said in the Romans 1.18. He said they will suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And the idea behind that word, truth is trying to speak to them, but they're standing, they don't want to hear it willfully ignorant. They don't have to be. God has revealed things here, you know. Um, you know we're just, people just aren't listening and looking at it. When you read the Bible, Thomas, you know, if we look at it and see the plan, it's yeah. so much fitting into place. That's why we say you can't make this yeah. stuff up. It's incredibly amazing yeah. what's going on right now. And people need to know it, and they can know it from God's Word. You, you can know it. You can know and it. We, and, and God tells us, in fact, there in Daniel, uh, Daniel's told to shut up and seal the words until the time of the end. Book of Revelation is the revealing. It's Correct. the unveiling. Yep. It's the unveiling of the glory of Jesus, the events, how they're going to unfold. It also unveils the end of Satan, which I don't think Satan wants us to read the book no. because it tells about his doom. He is not going to win this whole thing. No. It'll appear that he's winning. It's going to feel like it, but he does not. Yeah. It's the bottom of the ninth, he loses yeah. when the Lord comes back. <laughs> yeah, he's going to lose. It's going to be a grand slam. Jesus is coming, exactly. and we are coming with him. Okay, we have a lot of questions that came in. Okay. Uh, they, they keep coming. So uh, let me just uh, start. Let's see. I don't know where to start with all these questions. I'll start here. As Christian Americans, <clears throat> how do we respond to this inevitable, to the inevitable of all this? One world government is coming, the Bible says so. So is it uh, take as many people with you as you can, and that's the only focus, and let America go by the wayside or be a patriot and fight for our nation uh, while we know it will go to the one world government? What's the right response? Because I am torn. Um, that's from someone named Karen. Um, so it's, it, basically it sounds to me like what Karen is asking, okay, the Bible says it's gonna go that way, so why do anything about yeah, it? Yeah. Or do I get in the fight? No, we get in the fight. We don't want to fatalism. Yeah, it's going to happen. We know that. We know inevitably it's going to take place, but we don't want to encourage it to take place. Because see, like right now, what's happening with the churches here in, in California, Tom, we don't want to roll over and let them take, you know, shut us up. We want to be able to preach. We want to have our constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. This is what this country is all about. And so what we don't want to do is say, well, it's all going to happen this way anyway, so I'll just kind of help it along. No, no, no. We're, we're going to fight against it, even though knowing at the end of the day it's the Lord coming and we'll do yeah. everything here. So, no, we don't want to um, think, well, this is going to happen, so we just quit. No, we want to get involved. We do. I mean, that's like prayer. Uh, we're told to pray without ceasing. Yeah. Well, if God knows what he's going to do, well, why pray? You know, God chooses to answer uh, us through prayer, and he speaks to us through prayer, right. and he moves through prayer. And with the Bible, when we look at Bible prophecy, I have this a lot because because of Bible prophecy, people say, well, you should be glad everything's going the way it is. I'm glad Jesus is coming, but I am still called to stand up for what's right. Exactly. To stand up for righteousness, to point out what's wrong. Also, uh, you look at the Bible, the Old Testament, you had Watchmen, the book of Ezekiel, but the New Testament, Jesus tells us to watch and be ready, and we should be warning people and letting him look at, I want to be able to freely worship in this country exactly. as long as we can. Yep. I will fight for that. Um, listen, when the church is underground like China, that's 100 million people that are on fire for the Lord. Um, I believe God will continue to sift this church, but you can't just lay down. Nope. You've got to press forward and stand nope. up for what is right. Amen. Like this country, you look at how this country began. It was people who said, no, we're going to stand up uh, for what is right. Okay. This comes from Marcia. Uh, what would be the best way to talk to a pastor who is not teaching about prophecy or end time events and, and doesn't see the need to? Um, and she says she loves and prays for us both. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marcia. You know, that's a great question. I have, I have that question all the time. I'm sure you do too, Tom. I'd be curious, I want to throw it over to you first. What you, as a fellow pastor, you've talked to pastors, don't do that. 
Uh, my only thing, I would ask them, you know, if, if we're to preach the whole Word of God, the totality of it, why aren't they dealing with this? Because prophecy is a huge part of it. And, you know, you did an article for Jan Markell a number of years did. ago. Why don't you talk yes. about that? Because that was excellent. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did, and I actually did a message at Jeff Johnson's church. Oh, really? Uh, for the, this, he asked me to do the same one. So I did it. And, um, and so when you look at it, the reason pastors don't teach Bible prophecy, one reason is because they don't understand it. Uh, so they're afraid of it. And I think that's kind of where we're at with a lot of pastors now. They wish they did, but they didn't get in it. But praise God, they're starting to look now. They're Good. calling you. Uh, you've got a big ministry. I'm getting contacted more to come and speak at places that are open and things Good. like that. But the biggest problem, I mean, I, I think I listed seven different reasons in the article. I'll just stick with this one. The biggest reason pastors don't teach us because they don't believe it. Yeah. And what's remarkable, Don, is with all of the things that are happening now, that takes me back to Peter, they're, they're, they're willfully ignorant. You can see what's happening, but you choose to ignore what you see because it doesn't work with your narrative. The problem with Bible prophecy being fulfilled is it challenges you in your world. It messes up your world because if these events are really happening, that means things aren't going back to normal. And guess what? They're not going back to normal. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, th these things are confrontational, but there's so many pastors who just don't believe it. How many pastors do you know of, have we heard of in the last, say, five years, that said, don't teach the Old Testament, yeah. it's irrelevant. Stay away from any Bible prophecy that is for nuts. You know, the, there's no relevance to it whatsoever. And you've probably heard about that more than I have, and I have heard about it church after church after church in America. So, you know, if you're dealing with a pastor who says he doesn't see the need for it, uh, pray, pray that he wakes up. Yeah, and that's why so many people come to you, come to Jack Hibbs and a few others who are teaching this, who are, who are enlightening people on a regular basis what the Bible has to say about the last days because it's so exciting because as we look at, as we talk about it, Tom, here's what the Bible predicts is going to happen and here's where the world's right now and it's all falling into place in such a incredibly minute way that literally you start seeing, here's what I keep saying, a pattern. Don't we see a pattern here? The Bible predicts something's going to happen and it does happen. We figure out how could it happen? Just like how could, you know, there be an army on Israel's northern border and invade Israel without them, you know, knowing about it's going to be imminent. Well, we didn't know about that until, you know, uh, Islamic State, ISIS, Daesh comes mm -hmm. in and in northern part of Syria and in Iraq. And then, you know, to get them out, you've got Iran, Turkey and Russia. You go to Israel today, what do you see on the northern border? Russian soldiers, you got mm -hmm. Iranian soldiers in Syrian uniforms. They're already there. And before, before Islamic State, like, how are you gonna surprise it? a surprise attack? There's no question about that now, is there? there there's no, no question about it whatsoever mm -hmm. now when you look at these things. So you look at this, uh, pray for your pastor, but pray for churches because, I mean, it's so strange because with all the events that are taking place right now, you would think pastors would be all yeah. about, hey, yeah. we got to get into this. If we don't understand it, we'll find somebody who does. We'll tell people Jesus is coming, but it seems to have actually gone the opposite direction. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. This is from Don, uh, who's watching on YouTube. Uh, the Bible says when Israel becomes a nation again, this generation will not come to pass without the Lord uh, coming. Um, how long is a biblical generation? We can go into different things with that. So I think there's some things that are misunderstood in yes. that passage. Uh, it, I get that question a lot. I, I guarantee I'll have it five more times this week. But what do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, okay. Uh, Don, I'm, we're probably no relation even though we got the same first name. It's a great question. It's something that's been taught for a long time, but it's, it's really not biblical. It says nothing about Israel becoming a nation. First of all, Israel's always been a nation. They've been a nation in exile. They became a modern state in 1948, but that's not the key. What, what Jesus is saying, as you see these signs, you know summer is near. When you see all these things happening, that's the key. You know the end is near. The, all these things, the things he was talking about, Matthew 24 and 25. And we know when these things start to happen, it'll be a three and a half year period, the abomination of desolation to the second coming of Christ. All these things will be fulfilled. The last thing you want to do, and unfortunately people have done this, Tom, say, okay. And I remember uh, back in 1981, mm -hmm. all right. Israel became a modern state in 1948. Okay, 40 years from that time, the Lord's coming back. Minus seven for the rapture, it's gotta happen in 81. 
So people were taking out long-term loans, figuring they never have to pay them back, getting married because they want to meet the rapture rush. And Lord didn't come back in 81, didn't come back in 88. Thinking, oh, okay, it's 1967 when Jerusalem's united, so let's take, you know, 40 years from there. That's 2007, he's coming back in the year 2000. Okay, all that's gonna happen. It didn't happen either. So now they think, hmm, maybe a generation's 100 years. In other words, that's not how you look at it. We need to be ready at any time. Whenever the Lord comes back, it's on his schedule. He hasn't, he hasn't tied himself down to a number of years, you know, from a certain event take, well, he actually has in Daniel 9, 27, you know, three and a half years, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's gonna come back 1,290 days, he, he will have returned. But we make the mistake, Tom, don't we, of trying to box God in, that he must come back by this day. Because when we do that sort of thing, we look foolish to the world, cause the unbelievers to blaspheme. You just don't wanna do that. Yeah, and, and we, when we don't know the day or the hour, and um, but we, we need to be ready. Yeah. And, and, and the admonition to be ready and to be watchful is 2,000 years ago. Right. So, you know, but we have so much more reason to believe it's gonna, it could happen at any moment. Yep. And, and we really need to be uh, 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 faithful to the Lord during this time, which leads me to another question along these lines. This is from Carolyn from Oklahoma. Um, she says, I recently watched a Bible study on YouTube, and this person is teaching the Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. You know where this is going. Oh, I do know. Um, tells us that Christians will, teaches that Christians will go through the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Um, and, uh, and she goes, but I'm pre-trib, but now I'm confused. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5 says, uh, uh, gives a couple of different descriptions um, about the day, you have the day of the Lord, and you also have the coming of Christ is what I think the two descriptions well, well, actually are Actually, no, it, yeah, it, it talks about, you know, uh, our gathering together under 2 Thessalonians 2, 1, uh, our, I think the, the coming of the Lord, our gathering, which are actually two distinct events. The coming of the Lord is the second coming, our gathering together is the rapture. So they are distinct. Now they could happen at the same time, but they are distinct. I would strongly suggest, uh, this. what's her first name? Uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn, love Oklahoma, by the way. I would strongly suggest, Carolyn, the rest of you out there, there's a little booklet my friend Andy Woods has done. Go look it up on, um, you know, Google it. On, it's on, on the rapture of the church. And basically it's a second look at the little word there, apostasia. They're in Second Thessalonians chapter uh, two, where it talks about the apostasia has to come first. And then, you know, the man of sin is revealed. Apostasia, that's a Greek word, we get the word apostasy from, where it's traditionally been believed as some type of last days falling away. Andy gives about 10 reasons, and interesting, when I did a, a mm -hmm. conference in Canada with him about a year ago, I'd come to the same conclusion, his book was better than anything. I'd written something on that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but the idea was that uh, it refers to the rapture of the church, the departure of what's talked about in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And so the departure comes first of the believers. And also too, what's interesting, there's a variant reading in the text, meaning some uh, Greek texts read the day of the Lord, some read the day of Christ. If the day of Christ is the, the right reading there, that's referring to the rapture of the church. Mm -hmm. Okay, the day of Christ hasn't happened yet because what hasn't happened, the departure had to come, we're still here. And so I think you can make a great argument out of that. And I, I love where Andy went with it, and his, his book is really excellent. I can't remember the name right now, but just like Andy Wood's Rapture of the Church. I, th I think his uh, book's called The Falling Away, does that something sound right? Like, something like that, and, yeah. Uh, but it is based on that passage. Second look at it, yeah. And uh, it, it's fascinating to think about um, and when you start looking at this, but I do believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Don, I get asked this question. Actually, I don't get asked this question. I get told <laughs> we are in the tribulation period, and I'm wrong for believing in pre-trib rapture. Are we, I mean, I know my answer, but I want to hear yours. Are we in the tribulation period? <laughs> no, we're not, because if we get there, we're going we're gonna to know it. In other words, the tribulation, actually, let's, let's understand what it is. It's a final seven-year period called the seventh week of Daniel, the time of Jacob's trouble. It's when the wrath of God comes on the earth. It's when, as you've taught it for, what happens in Revelation chapter four, Tom, the seals, yeah. right? What, yeah. what tell, explain yeah. to people what goes on there. With the seals? Yeah, the rider on the white horse. Yeah. Revelation chapter six. So what do we yeah, have? Exactly. When the seal yeah. judgments start, you have the four horsemen of the mm -hmm. apocalypse. Right. So with the first horseman of the apocalypse, uh, you have the white horse that's coming. That's uh, typically believed to be antichrist. He's, he's uh, going around uh, making peace. He's bringing diplomacy to the nations and everything looks good. However, you get the second seal judgment, and that's the rider on the red horse. And with that, you have pieces taken from the earth, 
a massive war breaks out. In fact, the war that's described with the second seal is incredibly massive and incredibly destructive. And then you have the third seal, uh, the, the, and you have the third horse, and the third horse is the black horse, and the black horse represents a few different things. Uh, one of them is a famine that's going to be uh, brutal, that's going to affect the world, but also this. The Bible tells us when the, black, when the third seal is open and the black horse appears on the scene, that there is, uh, with the black horse, uh, we have this disparity, this great uh, disparity of e economy. You have the scales that are out of balance. And, and it says this, it says, um, a court, uh, a daily's way, uh, a daily's wage, uh, a daily, yeah, a, a daily, a, yeah, a day's wages. Thank day's you. Wages. That's what I was trying to say. A day's wage for for a loaf of bread, and don't harm the oil or the wine. Don, I look at that as the elitist, as, as communism is what I really see. Yep. This Marxism thing there, where you have certain people at the top that have all the money, and everybody else is poor. It'll be, uh, it'll be equal poverty for the world with the people at the top, which is what you were talking about earlier, of uh, running everything. Yep. So that's the third horse, but this is gonna be worldwide. It's going to be global. Then you get to the fourth horse. And this is what I say, look, if I see the fourth horse happen, then I'm gonna admit at that point I was wrong. <laughs> with the fourth horse of the apocalypse, you have the pale horse. With that, death comes to a quarter of the planet. If that were to happen now, you have 8 billion people, that's 2 billion people that will die by pestilence, by killing pe people killing each other. We think of the cities right now where people are killing each other. It's not a quarter billion uh, people on the planet. By beasts of the earth, pestilence, and uh, yep. by the way, pestilence could be both large beasts. I mean, the beasts of the earth could be large beasts. It could also be pestilence, a little tiny. So. But we're not there. A quarter billion people are not dead by COVID-19 and what's taking place in Chicago or Seattle. Those are not good. But we're not at a quarter no. billion people. We are not at the tribulation period. The, the 70th week of Daniel is the 70th week of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. For God's people, for God's city, uh, to bring an end to transgression. We are not there yet. God promises it. Don, I look at it like this. Romans, I'm getting a little excited. Romans okay. chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the time of the Gentiles, and then all Israel will be saved. It appears to me the door of opportunity is closing on the Gentiles, and God is getting ready. We're getting ready for that 70th week of Daniel where God works with Israel again. Is yeah. that, am I right on all no, those things? You're totally right. In fact, that's where we're going. That's why I let you so eloquently describe that because Revelation 6, 8 talks about the plagues, the pestilence, the wild beast, but it's a quarter of the earth's population. That hadn't happened yet. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't miss something like that, would we? But before that, remember, we got the rider on the white horse. We've got peace. So we think we're at a time of peace. Do we think we're at a time of peace right now? No, we, no, we, we haven't. <laughs> we have definitely not hit that no, yet. No, no. And, and that'll become the pseudo peace. Remember when the Lord says sudden destruction is on the way. By the way, yeah, Andy's book's called, you're right, The Falling Away, Spiritual Departure or Physical Rapture, a second look at Second Thessalonians 2 and 3. Andy Woods. Yeah. yeah. Great book. Yeah, so it's in Second or First Thessalonians chapter five, after we're said, uh, after the Bible tells us yep. the dead in Christ and those who remain be, will right. be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, harpazo. Right. That's where the raptures comfort one another with these words. Right. Then right after that, if there's no chapter break, it goes into the wrath of God, but we are not appointed to wrath. People will be crying out peace and safety. Correct. That's all in that passage. Yep. People may be crying out peace and safety, but it, but the. They're looking for it, but the peace of, of the white horse hasn't happened yet. No. The peace and prosperity, I think, is how it's described in, yep. in uh, the book of Daniel. Exactly, yeah. So it, it's fascinating. Don, I have some more questions, but we're, out of we're, time. we're, we're a little <laughs> bit past our hour. So again, tell everybody, Educating Our World, how can they find you? Yeah, okay, please, educatingourworld.com is the website. Go there. Uh, 59 books are available for download under 11 different topics. It says download books. We don't ask for your name, your address. We don't take any of your information. It's just free. That's our ministry, okay? We do it. Pass it along, shamelessly promote it. And it's on subject like what we've talked about. I think I had eight books on Bible prophecy. And uh, 
I think you really enjoy. We've had great response from them. Like we said, we've already got over a million hits on since in the last few months on the site of people downloading the book. So we're very thankful for it. It's, it's a really cool website. Yeah, I is. went there and looked yeah. at it. Who designed that for James you? James Cadiz. James did. It's just fantastic. Yeah, great job. I'll have to tell James. I'll talk with him in a couple of days. But I, I just love it. So uh, listen, I want on behalf of Don, I want to encourage you go there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel, Hope for Our Times. Uh, YouTube, subscribe, like, and share it. And I uh, want to remind you, if you haven't gotten your Charlie Kirk tickets, you want to come August 30th, 4 o'clock in Southern California. Um, you, you need to get them because they will be gone. That's a hopeforourtimes.com. And Israel, you heard Don, yep. as long as we're able to get in the get in the, the, uh, the city, we aren't raptured yet. If we can get to the Jerusalem, we're going there October 2021. You can get the information at hopeforourtimes.com. With that, Don, Great having you here. I can't wait till you're back. And I, I know, I, I'm confident it's going to be soon. Anytime. Uh, amen. With that, God bless you, everybody. I will talk to you soon. And, uh, and hopefully we're going up soon. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.